0: Hello, and thanks for joining us. My name's Ian Stroud. And my name's David Malone. And this is Hyperland. So, David, I have one word for you today. <laughs> that's banking. Okay. All right. <laughs> so half the audience are now rolling their eyes, and the other ones are throwing things about. Um, it's back in the news. And... Yeah, which
1: bit of the news is it that's bothering you this morning?
0: Well, it started with there are three regional banks in the United States. This, yeah. the, the regional, the medium-sized, and they failed.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, one of them, Silicon Valley, they call it medium-sized, but it had $209 billion in assets. That's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's more than you've got down the back of the couch.
0: In terms of assets, now... I would think assets means buildings and things, but assets in terms of a bank is the loans.
1: Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Um, And a whole bunch of other things that it might have hanging around in the vault. We were told it was a combination
0: of social media, people spreading, oh, something bad's going to happen, and the fact that we can go online onto our bank accounts and we can go, I'm going to withdraw all my money from this bank. So there was a run on that bank, like we saw in 2008 yeah okay then the next big thing happened was credit suisse
1: oh, okay um, all right yeah yeah um. <laughs> <laughs> right
0: now they're not they're, they're neither in the states they're not regional and, and they're, they're not, not medium sized no. there is I, I didn't know about this but there is something called G- g-sips which is the global G- g-siffies yes yeah. si- the global system
1: Globally, systemically important, important financial institutions. Right,
0: okay, yeah. yes. And, and they're on the list. <laughs> there's yeah. Any, yeah I mean, there's that, about 20
1: of them in the world. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, that is a really important, but it's not a detail. I mean, G-SIFIs were an invention of the, the financial crisis. Right. Um, they didn't really exist before then. And then when backs kept falling over, they said, all right, Let's sort out the wheat from the chaff here. Yeah. There's banks that we can let go, and there's banks that you can't. Right. It's, it's, it's like that line said, you know, I'm the guy who decides. that These are guys <laughs> you can hit, and these are guys you can't hit. Remember that? <laughs> and there's, there's guys you can't hit, and they're on the GCFI list. Um, And uh, G-SIFIs, yeah, there's about 20 of them. The list was come up by the, what's it, FSB, Financial Security Board. Today, we've got
0: um, First Republic is now a sort of fourth bank that is trying to be rescued. And it's all this kind of... Oh, it has been rescued. Oh, it has been rescued.
1: Well, uh, yeah. There's a bank that goes, oh, I might need some help. And then there's the bank that's collapsed. And yes. in between, there's banks that needed some help and got some help. Yeah, and, we now right. know. And, and they're in the middle bit because they have 11 other banks chipped in to save them because they don't want... First yeah. Republic isn't a GCIF-y, um, but uh, it's not the kind of bank that you can go, eh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they actually got 70 billion just from JP Morgan Chase. Oh. Mm, <laughs> J P Morgan Chase aren't going to give you 70 billion just on a whim. Just because they like your are, face, <laughs> you know. Oh, go on, it's seventy billion. No, that doesn't happen.
0: But the other important thing is, I overheard a conversation with you and a friend, Jonathan.
1: Oh, Jonathan, yeah.
0: And I overheard you sort of saying, "This is two thousand and seven, all over again." Now, I, I was like, oh, David, we all know the the crash happened in two thousand and eight. So, how, how, what am I missing here?
1: Okay, well, um. Uh, For those who don't know, uh, that's Jonathan Sugarman, um, who I've known since 2007. Uh, He was one of the most, probably the most famous of the financial crash whistleblowers. He was risk manager at Unicredit uh, in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, And without wishing to annoy too many lawyers, um, all the the big banks, certainly all the big European banks have, branches in Ireland um, because I think it's fair to say that... There's bank- nice tax
0: tax breaks, is, is it? That- oh,
1: very nice tax breaks, but also it's... I mean, if you talk to bankers in Ireland, and I talk to quite a lot of them, they they will all admit once a have had a drink or two, yeah, it's the Wild West here. <laughs> I mean, basically, for instance, most German banks, well, all German banks had a... virtually had a branch in Dublin because... You could do trades in Dublin, yeah. which um, the financial regulator in Germany said you couldn't do. Nice, nice. It's illegal in Germany. You can't make that trade. So what you do, is, and what they did do, and what they're still doing, is you have a branch of your bank in Ireland. Yeah, And then um, uh, Hans gets out of bed in Frankfurt, says, kisses the small kinder on the, on the top of their head, <laughs> gets his briefcase, goes to the airport, flies to Dublin, books the trade that would be illegal in Germany, but it does it in, and in, and and we can say that without getting sued. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, oh, okay. it's true. And then uh, flies back and and has his knock versed in the evening, and all is good. Yeah. Um. So, Jonathan lives in that in that world, and we've known each other for a long time. So, that,
0: so the connection to we're now 2023. Yeah. So and we you're were, you're describing it as 2007.
1: Yeah. Well, well, because Jonathan and I chat. Regularly, and uh, when this all started, the, the regional bank started falling over. Jonathan yeah. was on the phone going, Oh, it's they're doing it again. And I said, Yeah, okay. Uh, so, the reason we I talk about 2007 is the 2007 8 and onwards banking yeah. crisis started in 2007 when um, PNB Paribas had to close three pretty gigantic subprime. Um, funds, and that happened in 2007. Right, and the ECB pumped in—I forget what it was—was it was something like 70 or 90 billion overnight. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> and then the Fed put in a, uh, an enormous amount of money. The ECB put in a truly audacious amount more money. Yeah, and I think the Japanese central bank put in a whole awesome. lot. And and there was—I mean, it was. probably around $200 something like that. Yeah. Um, And that quieted
0: it down in 2000.
1: Well, yeah, everybody held their breath and thought, shit, maybe this has worked. (laughs) (laughs) We got away with it. (laughs) And then it didn't um, because then banks started falling over and we had a run on um, Northern Rock. Yes. So the reason that Jonathan and I were chatting about this and saying, yeah, this looks like 2007. Is that you have that moment where something has gone wrong? Yeah, and the people who you suspect know why it's gone wrong, yeah, aren't saying anything because possibly they're at fault. Well, I or... used to do that as
0: a child if I did something <laughs> wrong. Yes. It's about going into a different room and just being very quiet. Yeah, and, and then when you get nobody caught. Nobody notices.
1: Yeah, and when you get caught, you go, yeah, well, uh, it was like that when I got here, yes. but, but I'll help you fix it.
0: <laughs> it was him. <laughs> uh, and and
1: that's, that is essentially what is the next step in, in right. the, the banking fallout. So some people, I think, know, must know what's happened. Or at least have a clue. I'll tell you a little story about why they might not know, um, and why they're not going to tell you. And then, people like the regulators, I'm afraid, I think they don't know. They well, they don't know what's going on.
0: Tell me the little story. And okay, then we'll get on
1: to. I mean, my my, my basic. Okay, question. I'll, I'll t- tell the little story, and I'm not going to give you any of the names uh, because then I would get in trouble, and so would the person who told me. But this is. This isn't a second. This isn't a third-hand story. Yeah, this happened, and the person involved told me. So, um, this person worked for a bank, and uh, was another risk manager. I, I talked to a lot of risk managers because they're the people at the sharp end. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, uh, and person. As a risk manager in the book gets taken in, you know you say, this is your job. This is your desk. Here are the books. You know your job is to make sure that it all works by the end of the day, so that we meet the capital requirements. So that at the end of every day, you can sign off and go, "Yeah, the bank is solvent." There's all our liabilities. There's all our assets. They match. And this is all regis- uh, regulated. And yeah, it's, and written it's down, legal, and yeah. it's- And this particular bank had a branch virtually directly opposite the regulator. Okay. And so the, the risk manager said, okay, great. Uh, this, is, this is fabulous. This is what I'm going to do. And, um, and then the person who hired this risk manager said, ah, oh, there's one other little detail. Um, if you see the bank regulator come out of the office and head this way, I want you to take this book and put it in that safe Yeah, and then get a book that you'll see that looks very like the book that you got in your hands, get it out and show the bank regulator that book. Okay. Which is our fake bank records. So there were two records. There was what was really going on in the bank, and then there was a parallel set, which the risk manager had to keep up to date, which had the fiction, yes, which would be what they would show to the regulator should the regulator suddenly pop over for a look. Now that... I have no reason to to think that the person who told me that story wasn't telling me the truth. Yeah, uh, And I actually was telling that story oh, about six weeks ago to a, someone else who uh, used to work for a big British bank. And I thought I'd just tell him because we were, we were having a, a drink and a chat. Yeah. But, and I sort of thought, well, I'll just check out this story again. And thought, well, there's always the possibility he's going to go, oh, that's just bollocks, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah it's one of those fairy, you know, fairy yeah. stories. You hear it going round and round and it's just, you know, I hope you don't yeah. believe that. And in fact, he went, yeah.
0: Yeah, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it and, and this fellow used
1: to work for a very large British bank. And it wasn't appalled or amazed or sort yeah. of chuckled. It just went, yeah.
0: But then, I mean, you wrote, after the crash in 2008, you wrote That Generation, yeah. which is available on old good books. It's only you? available on
1: <laughs> now, I think. And, and I would like to put a shout out to um, my old colleague, Mark Tanner, because he deserves really the credit for that book. Yeah. I, I just wrote the blog, and it was Mark who said, I want to turn this into a book, and he did all the work.
0: So so all of these are they're not in the book, but these yeah. these stories are, are between 2008 and 2010 or post 2010. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I mean it's, it's, there were lots of things that I decided not to put into the blog because yeah. um, people get really litigious and and yes, unless yeah. you've got and even if you're in the right. If they decide to take you to court, you're going to lose because you, you you can't, can't stay afford. in court that long. Yeah, so, yeah. so there's lots of things that. that they
0: go around. I mean, that's that's going into the next thing, which is we we kind of know after the crash and the fingers were pointed and people people looked into it and as Joe Public, me sitting here, I I listened to what people were sort of saying and oh, okay, yes, it's been sorted out. We we've we've found the people, but nobody really.
1: Oh, I mean, it' was the most sorted out crisis ever. I, I could think of at least half a dozen times it was sorted out. Yeah. it was sorted out before it began. I remember <laughs> I remember old Hank Paulson saying "Subprime is contained." I'm pretty sure it was Hank. It might have been yeah. it, 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 it might have been the, the, the other fellow, not guess whatever his name was. And you know, it was, it was contained until about the next morning when it most definitely wasn't contained. Yeah. And how many times have we heard that? It's always contained. It's always no problem. I mean, didn't they say that just recently about one of the about the you know, where we started with these and they were saying, Oh no, no, this is all this is all contained now, it's gonna be fine. Well, yeah. And, and Credit Suisse was saying just before, I mean literally a day or two before, that oh no, no, we're you know, we're fully capitalized and we you know, we're well, fine they, and, and they, then they're they've
0: got they've got to say that or they get a run. And this is this is the, Okay, well yeah. let's let's get to this run business. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look,
1: yeah. Um when Northern Rock went down, yeah. that was a genuine bank run because Northern Rock was not a big player. It was a, it was essentially a high street bank. Yeah, all right. They'd been doing stupid stuff with securities, but but they were a high street bank. They the weren't general one of speculating,
0: the, investing. So that
1: yeah, they weren't. They they, were, they weren't a massive player. That yeah. they weren't the creators of the problem. Yeah, but the, they were playing, and the that game. was a, that was a genuine bank run when a lot of their depositors started taking out money. All right. Now, Silicon Valley Bank. W- when there's a run on that kind of bank, it isn't. Um, it's not that like word gets around in the local taxi companies. Yeah. And every taxi driver turns up and says, oh, "I want my money out." Yeah. And and the bank collapses. It just it, you know imagine you know two hundred nine billion. Imagine how many taxi drivers would it would they take? <laughs> There'd that well, be a line that would stretch right around the world several times for yeah. enough. So it's it's not it's not ordinary people on social media, and social media is a powerful thing, but if you and I put out a rumour on social media tomorrow saying that, you know, the Fred Fanacapan bank is going down, I don't think that's going to snowball and suddenly the bank's going to collapse. No, I think a few people would get a bit worried. Yeah, maybe. But it's not going to be enough for a bank
0: run. And I'm going to go, the regulators are covering me for more than I've got. Okay, that's that's another thing we should talk about. (laughs) God, you're making this difficult. Um, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
1: Um. So it's it's a bank run of bigger players, yeah. Who aren't just on they, you know, they didn't get up in some big company and say, you know what, I'm the risk manager in this in this multi million pound company. I think I'll check Facebook and see what they're saying. Yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> oh look, Tom okay. on Facebook has said. So so, so there's got, something they something else behind it. Yeah, they they know from what's being said in the financial markets. Yeah. Something is going wrong. So yeah, it's a bank run, but yeah. it's not just mum and dad going, Oh, I'm a bit worried. I've read on yeah. Facebook. That's it's not that kind of bank run. Right. This is big players who know some inside stuff. And yeah. it had to do what we know it had to do with at least, was probably the value of sovereign bonds. Right. So yeah, there was something going on in the bond market, um, then you've got people like silvergate and signature bank and, and yes everyone always points the finger at crypto it's like it's like saying someone had the cooties yeah you
0: know? <laughs> oh i didn't i didn't hear much about crypto involvement in that i mean there's, there's no, similar... well
1: they're pointing the finger at it now and i'm oh, sorry they're... but that doesn't wash either and credit suisse were certainly weren't brought down by bitcoin or anybody else's no
0: coin. i mean credit credit suisse have been in decline for a large part of this year i mean the 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 people, the big, like you sort of say, not, not me investing my twenty quid. It's it's been large investors have now been pulling out and going.
1: Yeah, and else? I and I've read various articles where they they say things like you know uh, well they've been in trouble for a while because they were involved in scandals, yeah. and then there was some some problems with management. And I'm sorry, but banks the size of Credit Suisse don't collapse because of scandals. Yeah, because Every bank that I can think of that's the size of Credit Suisse have has been in so many scandals. Yeah. I mean, look at Deutsche Bank. Yeah, well. um, Deutsche Bank has been continuously in trouble with money laundering, with dodgy deals done in in Russia. Yeah, um, HSBC has has been brought up on one money laundering. Investigation I, I, or another. I think, I think I've heard, for as long as I've been alive. Yeah, I
0: think I've had pretty much all big banks. Yeah, at some every point single one are in them. the news.
1: Yeah, so they don't and black... the large
0: fines that they get, but large fines. <laughs> large okay. fines oh, to sorry. me. But... Yeah, all right. No, but I, I know think, we're going.
1: Think... We're going off tangent, but I, d- I can't yeah. let that one go. No, look. but
0: but it's a perspective thing. You see, I'm
1: looking at it and going, "That's a huge fine." No, yeah, it's a huge fine for you, mate. Yeah, but look, I'm not going to mention the bank or the particular issue because. Uh, I'd have to get it exactly right, or I'd be in trouble. Yeah, I can't look it up right now. But the bank I'm thinking of, one of the big banks, was a big money laundering case, and they were. It was a big old fine, and I worked out what the fine was as a percentage of the estimates of how much that money laundering escapade had made for them. Yeah, and it worked out somewhere in the region of one fifteen hundredth. <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to say at least a fifth, or something.
1: <laughs> no, but that's my point. So to say that it, the bank was fined, yeah, of course they were fined. Yeah. But that would be like saying that the fiver you slip to the doorman at your favourite nightclub yeah. so that you can get jump the queue and get in is a fine. Yeah. And it's not a no, fine. It's, not. It's, um, it's the fiver that you think. said, here you go, Stan. <laughs> Let me in. Uh, yeah, and he goes, sure, <laughs> sure, Ian, in you come, mate. All that's right. not a fine. All right, okay. that's business. So I've
0: taken you away from this. So I'm sorry. Right. Bye bye. That just
1: irritates me. This you know, <laughs>
0: banks have been fined. Shit. Well, okay. So right, we're we're now
1: twenty twenty three. Okay. so you're,
0: you're, is there a prediction now saying twenty twenty four we're going to have another crash?
1: Well, yeah. some people are saying that. I don't know enough to say that, and I don't right. think anybody else. I mean, don't forget. I am not an expert on banking or any or anything no, else but in it's the a world. discussion about yeah. yeah I, so I, and I have I have very little inside information. There are a few people who talk to me, but compared to someone who works at the Financial Times and can say, "Look, I'll pay you five hundred quid if you tell me." Yeah, because financial journalism works that way. Yeah, in fact, almost journalism works that way. So if you, if if you've got, I am so wet behind the ears, mate. <laughs> most stories they're they're paid for yeah. someone says yeah I, i've got this i, I you know I, i'll tell you what's going on but i want some money and uh, you know i'm not saying there's something wrong with that no it's I, business i, I yes. think there's something slightly wrong with it but i'm not saying that okay i didn't yeah. say it in fact you can erase that <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> but sorry we, i've never point. come across two people who can spend so much time not getting to the point <laughs> but um some people are saying there's going to be a, a crash i i I don't know. I haven't. Yeah. I don't. What I do think, though, is that just like in 2007, something happened which ought not to have happened, and it wasn't small. Yeah. Okay. When when Silicon Valley Bank, two hundred eight billion. Yeah, it's pretty big. But throw in
0: Signature, throw in Silvergate. Yeah. Throw well, in two hundred billion. First I mean,
1: back in 2008, two hundred billion was big news. Yeah. These days. Okay. I'm not sure I'd get out of bed for less than 300 <laughs> <billion>. <laughs> Um But Credit Suisse is a different thing, and then you have to say, say to yourself, "Look, is it? Is it? Are they unrelated? That Silicon Valley Bank goes down, Silvergate, Signature Bose Bank, First Republic is wobbly, has to be given well lent seventy billion by J.P. Morgan Chase, um, and then Credit Suisse? Yeah. Are these all just unrelated? Well, well maybe, no. but I don't think yeah. so either, and. Um, I always think of that there was a, a great scene in um, uh, The Grapes of Wrath, Steinbeck's yeah. novel Yeah. Uh, and about how unscrupulous um, car dealers at the time, w- desperate families need to get out of Oklahoma and drive to California and they would buy these terrible old broken down cars and what they would do is don't forget these are 1920s, 30s yeah, cars, yeah, yeah. they would put sawdust in the, the, the transmission so that As that sawdust got mulched up, it would kind of work. It was some kind of cheap lubricant. The cogs would sort of... But it's sawdust, for goodness (laughs) sake. And they get 10 miles down the road and... And they were stuffed. And I just feel that that's what happened in 2007. It's what I think is happening now. That the system isn't working working and they don't know why not. But if they just say, if we just take 200 billion... And stuff it in there. Well, there's a lot then of blasters. It, it, it just keeps turning for yeah. a while, and then when it doesn't turn, uh, we'll stuff some more in. A bit of gaffer tape. Yeah, gaffer yeah. tape. Yeah. Um, and why is why does this keep happening? Uh, we've got. I think part of the problem is we've gotten so used to it that that people go, "Oh, it's a bank collapse," as if you know. Uh,
0: it's it's a it's a it's a normal thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's to be expected. Okay, okay. so take me back to um, who's controlling this? Uh, Central banks. Well, ECB came along. Central
1: banks don't control anything. There's this notion that central banks fed the ECB that they that they they control things and then the private banks respond to that. They you know because the central that's not the case. That really truly isn't the case. Right the 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 people who decide how much money is in the system are the the private banks, and they will keep issuing loans which increases the amount of money that's around yeah and then at some point the central bankers have to respond to it, but it's always the central bankers who respond they bring in um you know their Bank Term Funding Program, which is the latest one. That's what the the, the Fed brought in to give one-year loans after Silicon Valley, Silvergate. I, I I don't know if they brought it in before First Republic started to wobble, but I think it was in response to to that one as well. So, yeah. But the central banks respond to these things. It's not that they've set things up, and then that's the that's the world that the the commercial banks live in it just doesn't work that way the central banks aren't in charge but they are the people who have to to temporarily fix when it all goes sideways yeah and the thing is i take issue with central banks in i've got real problems with this whole idea of central banks and my apologies that we we the, the longer this discussion goes on, the further no, the away, the, fur, the further away think. we get from the place we said we were going to get to. It's like we're marching backwards to Christmas here, but never mind. Um, you know, it, 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 people talk about isn't it wonderful that we've got independent central banks, and thank goodness that's yeah, you know, we've got these things. And I want to say, so independent from whom? Well, well what, they're, they're in the, independent from the government. So, therefore, what what they're saying
0: is the government can't interfere in their own little picky way. And then the next government comes in and they change everything. And sure. So, I can see a logic behind it. Sure, can I, so
1: can I. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that as an argument that actually works because, and it's true that governments are very tempted when they've been screwing things up terribly <laughs> that they go, oh my God, is an election in six months. Right. I tell you what. Phone at the central bank, tell them to give everyone a loan, yeah. uh, lower interest rates, make it all rosy for six months so that uh, everyone's forgotten the previous four yeah. and a half years, and then we'll get re-elected. Because so then we'll go, I'm feeling great. Yeah. Sure. That of course that has happened. And so then so then the, the 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 idiot's answer, and I do think it's idiotic, is to say, let's make banks independent from politicians. Okay, yeah, fine. That's another way of saying let's make central banks not have to listen to the people who we've elected. So oh, okay. it's removing in a way public ownership and oversight over the currency which we depend on. And you could yeah. say that's why if you believe that the only negative influence that could possibly impinge on a central banker is the government that we is un- unscrupulous, shallow, slightly corrupt public officials. I'm not gonna then answer that. <laughs> then, then this is a great solution. But is it is that the only influence they could possibly be? No. Well, don't be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 all of the commercial banking sector and all the non-banking sector is going to influence those people. So what we've done is set up a, a, a whole series of, inter, of when, central when banks when, that are isolated and insulated from the public, and the people that they're not protected from influence from yeah. are, are all the commercial banks, yes. all the people yeah. that they went to Eton with, right. Yes, no, I see or Groton and these
0: when, when did the sort of this central banking come into play then?
1: Well, you mean the independence of yes. them? Yes, uh, that would have been in the late eighties, I think. Right. It was people like Gordon Brown, etc. Yeah, yeah, That said, oh, we must have them all independent. Um, and it's not that I think they should be at the beck and haw- call of thick, unscrupulous, and crooked politicians. But I do think that pretending that central banks are in some godlike way. Yeah.
0: Are just looking at the facts and the figures and doing the best. For everyone. For Yes. Well, Well, if if they are,
1: isn't it it an amazing thing that while they've been trying to help us all out equally, the 1% have become stupendously rich, so much richer during this extended banking crisis, and the rest of us have got poorer. Yeah. Gosh, what an amazing coincidence. So, okay then, so... Um, so anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. Regulation. So who is... who is? I mean, do we need more regulations? No, we don't need more regulations. What we could do with was actually enforcing any of the regulations <laughs> that we currently have. We've got more regulations. You could (laughs) choke a donkey with the regulations we've got. If you hit a horse over the head with the book of our regulations, it would be dead as a doornail. But we don't enforce them. Yeah. There you go. I'd love to say more, but it's not more complicated than that. Yeah. Do you know no? No bank has no bank has ever been prosecuted for money laundering. Not criminally. Yeah. All it always is that oh yeah, money was laundered through the bank, but we didn't do it, and we've got. The hundreds of pages of anti-money laundering regulations and yet in excess of three hundred billion is laundered from drug money every single year. Every single year. Can I ask you another hard question?
0: Yeah. Where do we go then? Where do you go? What What is well what is wrong and what is gonna stop the every eight to 12 years we seem to be. Well, I'm glad you said that.
1: I mean, that's that's another thing that's worth just reminding ourselves of, is that from the Great Depression through the 70s, we really didn't have financial crises. Yeah. There was the the um, oil shock of the 70s. but that wasn't a financial crisis. It caused the financial crisis, but it yeah. wasn't caused by banks. By the, by the it system. It was caused very reasonably by the oil-producing nations saying, you know, we're slightly sick and tired of you telling us how much... Our oil's worth, <laughs> and being in control of it. So you know what I think? It's our oil It comes Wait, from our country. Exactly. So we'd like to set the price, and it's going to be a bit higher. Yeah. Okay, that's not a banking crisis. No, I, I understand. But once you get to um, the eighties, and you know when you got to the the big switch on in eighty, what was it? Was it eighty seven when they you know they connected up the global markets? From about that point on, yeah, America on its own has generated and exported. A financial crisis—it's about every nine years. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, when talking of bank runs, when the U.S. financial system gets the runs, the rest of us always get covered in shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: just the way it is. So, what's the answer?
1: Well, okay, I'm I'm, I'm not I'm
0: not expecting the answer, but what can we, what should we be looking for?
1: Okay, there's several. There's not one easy thing, yeah. but there's there's lots of things we could be looking at and we haven't looked at. Um, part of what I think is going on in this recent bank ups and downs, and I would like to say that it's not unrelated to the old um, Liz Truss quasi-quarting mini budget. These these things aren't all unrelated. Yeah. They're, they're, they are related. And... Part of what we need to do is look at um, trade in bank risk, for instance. I mean, one of the big things in 2007 and onwards is people said, okay, the banks have to be less risky because they keep falling over. Yeah. And there's, there's various ways you can do that. You can shrink the bank. You can make them um, only engage in less risky trades. You could outlaw certain kinds of um, uh, credit default swaps and derivatives and all the rest of it, but nobody wants to do that.
0: Well, it, uh, but if they did do that, they'll just go to Dublin and...
1: <laughs> well, okay, yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, or the City of London. Um, <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> um Yeah, the City of London's not the Wild West. Um, it has tablecloths and silver service, but it does the same things. <laughs> don't, you be- don't you believe it doesn't? Okay. Um, but, f- for instance, we... <laughs> what happened... And this, I'm not saying this is the whole answer. It's just part of the answer. It's one of the many things which we ought to be looking at. And it ought to be more in, in, in the financial news that we're all being given so that we yeah. can think about it. Is You, you had things like um, you have trade in things like regulatory capital relief or um, liability-driven investments. Yeah. The LDI trade is very much wrapped up with what's been happening with our mini-budget and whatnot. but. Essentially, you've had a lot of trade. Let's take the regulatory capital relief trade. Banks have risk. They've got, they're making these loans. And the, whenever you make a profit, you're going to also see risk. Because yeah. essentially, it's by doing something risky that you, you, you get the profit. Okay? Yeah. So risk is like the inevitable pollution of an industrial process. Yes. All right? But then you can make a lot of trade by trading in waste. And so what's happened is the banks want to continue having their risky trades and the regulators have said you need to be less risky. So rather than stop doing the risky trades or stop owning Mm. the the bit of paper of a risky loan, what they've done is they've said we're going to keep this risky loan but we're going to sell the risk. Keep the loan, sell the risk. It's just basically like insurance. Yeah. There's risk your house might burn down. Rather than avoid the risk of your house burning down by saying, if I don't own the house, if I don't have a house, it can't burn down. No risk. You say, yeah, but I want to live in the house. So then you say, well, let somebody else take the risk of it burning down. That's called insurance. Okay. And so what they did is there was a whole big trade in banks selling the risk. Someone else would take the risk. Yeah. The bank would pay them. Fee, and then, yeah. if something terrible happened with this risky trade, the other silly stock out. would pay it out. Well, guess who took on those? Insurers. But the thing you have to remember is insurers are often Thanks. your pension companies.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're not regulated in the same way. Okay. So basically, when I say, oh, it's just insurance and they're buying insurance, that makes it sound like a great idea. But the other way of saying the same thing is, that you are taking risk that the regulators can see because this is where the regulator is shining his torch going I can see the risk yeah so you go you distract them for a second and then you you get you sell the risk to somebody else who's standing where the regulator's light isn't shining yes and they look at and they go well oh, no, your risk has gone up. you're much better yeah and the, they're so. not noticing the risk piling up elsewhere and it was piling up in insurers and pension companies so it's not the only thing going on, and I'm not saying... But there was a lot of ink spilt at the time, and yeah. people saying, oh, this isn't really being regulated, you know. And then guess what? When Quasi Kwarteng makes his announcement... I was going
0: to say, so that's the reason why...
1: That's why I'm raising it, is... Wasn't it weird that some small offshore island wants to raise a bit more money,
0: Yeah,
1: and just the mere mention of it, and the next morning we have headlines saying... Pensions at risk? Yeah. What? Wait a minute. Where did that come from? Why were, why were the pensions at risk? What did that have to do with with anything? You know, he hadn't said, I'm going to asset strip pension companies. So my, my point is that something was going on in the financial system. Yeah. And when he said what he said, and then the there was a run on guilt, so the value of these things yes. changed that it's the pension companies that are suddenly in the spotlight and they're saying, oh, we're going to have to do some bailouts, you know. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to commit some more public money to this. We're going to have to get rid of your duly elected officials and their plans. Can't happen. Yes,
0: yeah. Now, I think that was probably one of the first times I can remember where the government sort of said, right, we've set out this new budget and... And the, the chat at the time was like, "Oh well, you didn't warn everyone first. <laughs> that's why it was such a calamity."
1: Well, I mean, yes, I suppose they could have said, "Look, we well, have tomorrow called, we're going to could was, have called them in and said, look, 'Look, we're going to say this, chaps, and you need to do something about it,' and give you longer to right, okay. s- sell." Maybe I'm not sure that that would have made much difference. No, I, difference. I can't. I, yeah, I but can't but see. my interest in it is, as you said, it's suddenly you've got this notion where an elected government has a plan. Yeah. And the reaction in the financial markets is such that it's not just that they go, well, we don't like that plan. <laughs> but okay, you're the elected government. They go, we don't like it so much that uh, it's going to cause such a a rolling catastrophe in the markets that it can't happen.
0: So this this goes back to your, your debt generation book. There was a quote that that was either in the book or mm. in a quote from it, which was about... The nation being saved by sacrificing the market, yeah, and whereas now we seem to be sacrificing the state or the country to save the market. Yeah,
1: I do think there has been that inversion of power. It seems I don't see how you can say that that's wrong. Yeah, it it seems to me that's self-evidently been the case, clearly the case since two thousand eight. Yeah, once or two thousand seven, um, and I think it's gotten worse. And it, it links up with our point about central banks because yeah. another one of these things is well, central banks are great because you have continuity of policy. So, you know, instead of to burlesque the situation where you've got, you know, you vote in a government and the government says, yeah, we're going to build a bridge. That's what we should be doing as a nation. And so they start building the bridge yeah. and then there's an election and you elect a new government and the government goes, we don't like bridges. Bridges are rubbish, mate. <laughs> what you want is a velodrome. And so the bridge is now a half built. Not going into a lot of money's been spent, it but it gets cancelled and they start building a velodrome and then there's another snap election and they go velodrome's a shit, mate. What you <laughs> want's a swimming pool. So now you've got a half-built bridge, a velodrome that's only got half a uh, half a track on it, and then they start di- building a, swimming to do a swimming pool and then there's another election and the people who like the bridge they're back in. No, let's go for the bridge. And so now you've got you know a, a two-thirds built bridge before the next election it stops it again. A half-built velodrome and an empty swimming pool. And so people say, okay, that's let's do. A with that let's have some sensible technocrats in the bank who say yeah you people can come and go but we're just going to keep the yeah. ship steady when you put it that way it sounds great yeah but it also means that you could elect a government which says we think this system is going radically wrong we want to turn at right angles because the way you're marching you're headed right for a cliff and you're going to fall over it yeah we're, we're turning away from the cliff and the market goes no 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 we need no. continuity mate <laughs> and we're the market we're bigger than you and we're gonna. Several of us are gonna throw all the toys out of the pram, and suddenly, you can't do that. And so I then start to think, what's happened to democracy? Democracy is now being shoved in a narrower and narrower track. Yeah, you can vote for any government you like, and you can have any policies you like as long as they fit in this narrow track. It's like General. It's like oh, old, old, old yeah. Ford. You can have a car nearly colour you like as long as it's black. As long as they do what the markets tell them. Yeah, to do. Or, or, or they
0: they they're acting within those. Boundaries.
1: Yeah, and it's easy to, set, to say, yeah, but quasi Kwarteng and Elizabeth Strath, they were idiots, and I didn't like what they had to say. Anyway. Did
0: you think they were right then?
1: <laughs> I don't, no, but for different reasons. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, imagine you did like them, yes. Or imagine, no, 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 or, or, I, I'm, or imagine, I, 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 we're we're both slightly left of centre, I think. Um, I mean, I know I am. I think you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and the libertarians who might be listening to this, you shouldn't hold it against us because. I, it's not like um, either of us are saying this is the answer it's all no, Das Kapital no, no. it's not but my point is imagine if some left wing president or prime minister had been in yeah you know so someone you did to like the, and, and the, wanted I mean, to do something and uh, then the market said no to that yes so don't take Don't sort of rub your hands in glee and go, yeah, well, I didn't like quasi quartet. I thought this was terrible. So, hooray. No, it's it's the general case that are we now at the situation where the markets are so fragile? Yeah. Because this number of bank collapses since 2008, they are fragile. Yeah. That the only things we can do are a very narrow number of things. Because they all have to be dedicated to keeping this fragile market, this basically upside down pyramid from toppling over. Yeah. I mean, the financial market should be a pyramid on its base. So it's big and steady. But we now have one where it's basically teetering on its pretty end the whole time. So everything, everything has to be for that. And that, I think, is the problem. Yeah. And we need to understand why we got there and why it's persisting. And yeah, sorry.
0: No, but I I'm just going back to something. things, I mean, this might be totally um, off track, but going back... The whole back, thing's been off track, yeah. Yes, I, I know, I realise that, <laughs> I realise that. But, I mean, looking at the little I know about someone like Credit Suisse, yeah. now they've been forced into... It, it's this idea of kind of like, oh, they bailed out and actually, you know, these companies have gone bust. They're still trading, they're still there. There's a lot of them that has... So, Credit Suisse—you imagine their share price is zero, and then now they've, they've merged with UBS. Uh, UBS had problems years ago, but they mm. fixed themselves. But now they're sort of saying that the the merger is going to take up to four years, which I kind of understand because, as we were saying before, a lot of big banks—they do things. UBS don't want to take all the risk, but I, I just—I I don't understand that side of it. Well uh, is it is is that something I should just go don't worry about that. No,
1: no, um, I think I think you should worry about it because when they say they've merged, it's it's that's not some kind of magic thing. I mean, it's a shotgun you know, wedding. It is a shotgun wedding and also whatever was wrong with Credit Suisse is still there. I mean if they've got if they had lots of ill performing loans or yeah. if the the yeah, I mean, there was a there was a change in the markets and they were having to sell things and it didn't look good for them. So you can always make the excuse, well, it was a short-term thing. Yeah. They couldn't meet their liabilities at that moment. So they would have had to have closed the door. That would have led to the whole global system falling over. So it's not that the bank is fundamentally um, not working, but it couldn't absorb that shock on the day. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, maybe, but you do have to ask why, one of the g SIFIs that's that big, big yeah, yeah. that prudently run by the cleverest men in the room well, there was a and new the cleverest scene. women in the room. Yeah. How it could get to that point? Yeah. So, it it's again, it's it's a pyramid that should have been sitting on its a firm base. base. Yeah. Somehow was flipped on its head and was was yeah. wibbly and wobbly. And whatever the wibble wobble causes were, they haven't gone away. So I, it'll be interesting to see whether they do the time-honoured tradition of creating the bad bank where they then put... All Load that,
0: everything that's bad into it and yeah. then expect somebody to fix it, bail it out, taxpayers' money.
1: Yeah, and then the say, oh, well, you know, we've got the bad The bad bank, will slowly unwind all of these trades. Yeah. And they use phrases like this as if it's some kind of magic. Yeah. Um And it, it's not. I mean, I, I think, which is it, the... Chinese banks, I think it was in the 90s somewhere, they had virtually all of their big banks fell over and each one of them had a bad bank created for it. Right, so they can put
0: all their... Yeah. And then
1: then those bad banks were still in existence well over 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, And then at least one of those bad banks started engaging in the kind of bad trades that that the original bank. And then it went bust. And yeah. they to create a bad bank for the bad bank. And on it goes. Um, I think the, the system, you either have to think the system is fine, but just things keep happening and then we have to fix them.
0: Yeah, we don't or know.
1: there's something systemically wrong with the system yeah. and that we're not really fixing anything. We've just got a system which is so... Broken that it constantly has to have money poured into it, but for some reason it suits somebody so they don't want to change it, and I think that is a more likely explanation. You know, we've had since 2007 we haven't had any banking stability really, no, because the central banks brought in in 2008 their temporary and extraordinary uh, measures. The special tools, but they were temporary and extraordinary. Well, they certainly were extraordinary, but temporary.
0: Yeah,
1: they're still there from two thousand and eight. That's a long time.
0: Well, we went into austerity after that, and um, that's
1: yeah. just. But that and that was prolonged the. But 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 even then, central banks were still buying corporate bonds. Yeah. Well, before two thousand and seven, that's not something they did. I mean, the, I think the Japanese central bank now owns some massive percentage of the entire stock market, of all of their ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Yeah, That's not a financial system that in any way looks like the financial system we had up to that point, you know, the, the kind yeah. of financial system that economic students are still taught about in textbooks. Yeah, But that's gone. And, and these extraordinary measures, the fact that we have the bank term funding program is another bailout. It's more public money going into saying, yeah, we're going to buy those assets. We're going to lend you loans. You know, that one, they, they, they'll give them a loan for a year and they can pledge virtually all this um, collateral, which is basically their holding of loans and and other bonds that the bank has. And they're, yeah. and they're accepting the par. In other words, they're not saying what's it worth today if you had to sell it mark to market. They're saying, well, what is, it, what is it that you bought it for? Yeah, That's like you buying a car, driving for 10 years, thrashing it, yeah. and then you get in trouble and someone says, well, I'll give you a loan, the value of your car the day you bought it. Well, geez, well that's, that, that. That's, that's the generous <laughs> thanks, right? Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, that's what they're doing. And the fact that that is just the normal kind of thing and has been going on, I'm not sure there's more than a handful of years since 2008 when banks haven't been buying corporate bonds. And they weren't up to that point. So we've got to the point where this seems like the new normal. It's not normal. But why why, why aren't we talking about it?
0: I mean, obviously, I I, I, know why we're not talking about it, because you're saying there are certain people that are quite happy with it, and it's working for them. But, yeah. it's, I mean, as, as a system that should be working globally, I know there's differences between European and American uh, sort of cogs in the wheels, but generally... It's not working. I, I would sort of say it's not really working if it's going to crash every eight years, ten years, and and no, and run out of gaffer tape.
1: It, yeah, exactly. And if to we we have to have almost endless austerity in order to keep it going. Well, yeah. So in some sense, it is a, it is a new system. This is the new normal, but it's a very bad normal, and it's being passed off at, as as something else, as if well, these are just the nest this is just the way the world is well no this this is the way the world became once we set up a global trading and financial system the way we have set it up and it yeah. doesn't have to be set up that way but we don't seem to be having that the discussion saying well maybe this is a crap maybe. way of having yes it set maybe
0: up. we can change things maybe we can fix things so going forward to 2024 um you, you can't predict what's going to happen uh what should i be doing
1: <laughs> Well, the thing is there's not there's there's not a, the, the, fixing the financial system is like fixing global warming. It's all very well saying uh you know eat less meat or switch your light bulbs off or turn the heating down. These yeah. are good things for the ordinary person to do. Yeah. Are they going to you know fix the system? No. They're not enough. Yeah. You, you need massive things done at a government and intergovernment level and in the financial system it, it's the same way we're, we're just hobbling along with the system which constantly needs money put in Um we I mean, since we've spent this entire time slightly off topic in I think necessarily you just need to raise these things but I, I go back to a man called Andy Haldane whose name will be familiar to a lot of people um, he worked at the Bank of England I think he was the chief of risk uh, at the bank at the yeah. time during the crisis and for my money he Was without a doubt the brightest person in the bank. Yeah, there may have been other bright people in the bank I never knew about, but of those I knew about in the bank, he was head and shoulders cleverer than everybody else. Yeah. I, I always wished he had been in charge instead of Mervyn King, right? I don't know Mervyn King, he might be a lovely man. I'd never met him, yeah, but I didn't really rate him and okay. I still don't. Andy Haldane was great, and a couple of the papers he wrote, there's one he wrote, and basically he, he looked at and this was quite early on, it was like 2010 maybe, Yeah. Um, what the Bank of England's model was saying about the cost of the financial crisis. And he was saying then yeah. that the immediate cost to the British taxpayer was about 1.4 trillion pounds. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, And that was a bigger number than appeared as far as I know yeah. in any of the newspapers. And then he said, and if you look forwards, if you project the model forwards and, and build in the earnings that we would have had had the economy not crashed. In other yeah. words, if the economy had been on an even keel and yeah. the financial crisis hadn't thrown everything upside down and you say, well, that was the money that we would have made but we're now not. So in other words, looking at the difference between the, the austerity Britain that we lived in versus yeah. the one we would have had if we hadn't had a banking system so crapulous that it bankrupted itself and us, it quickly ballooned to above three trillion. And 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 that is the cost. Yeah. So when they say, "Oh yeah, but the bank's paid it all back and it's all fine, it didn't cost anything," that's an outright lie. Yeah. That is just not true. And since that paper was written and those figures, we've had several other crises. I mean, I think one of the last big bailouts was in two thousand about nineteen, and that one got very little press. Yeah. And here we are bailing out more banks and having more. Um, low interest rates, we we had a decade of almost zero interest rates or point something, point one, point yeah. two. And that's just not normal. And it created the problems we now got. Well, I mean, that's a topic for another day. But okay. a lot of what has unrolled and certainly what's un- when pension companies start getting in trouble, that was predictable. It was predictable because when you've got very, very low interest rates don't forget the, the basic equation, because as my friend Jonathan always said, when you strip away all of the the complicated terminology, banking's simple. It's money in and money out. That's it. There's yeah. two columns and they have to balance. Yeah. And when they don't, everyone makes up lots and lots of words. But yeah. the, 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 what we'll come to maybe in, in another one is if you've got very, very low basic interest rates, Yes. the pension companies are still promising people that their pension will deliver about eight percent growth. Yes, no, that's okay, true. How yeah. do you make up the difference? How how do you do it? If, well, if the safe investment in some sort of government guilt is giving you virtually nothing, yeah, and you're promising that you put in your pension money and it'll grow and it'll <laughs> grow by eight percent and you'll be you'll be able to retire wealthily. So what has happened since two thousand and eight when we've had these extraordinarily low interest rates is it's forced the pension companies to do more and more risky things to try and make up that gap.
0: Well let's let's talk about that in the next podcast then.
1: Yeah, well let's try and stick to the point in the next one <laughs> 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 uh, Cheers, mate. The main thing I hope, apart from people actually listening and getting something out of it, is if people would like to comment and offer their own thoughts, then we will pick up on those comments and in a, in a podcast we'll actually address them and discuss the points that other people raise it would be great thank you David cheers Ian. see you on the next one Bye.